Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. A quick update on the Paul Pelosi attack. I haven't talked about that during the last couple of podcasts. He is apparently out of the hospital now and at home recuperating and from what I understand is expected to have a full recovery, although it sounds like it's going to be a lengthy recovery for him. There is a lot of talk, especially among the right, about conspiracy theories, things that uh, involve Pelosi and the attack. The latest is based on a installment on the Today Show on NBC, yes, on Friday, that discussed some revelations about what uh, happened when the police arrived at the Pelosi house. And the report says that the officers responded to what was said to be a high-priority call, but that they didn't seem to understand that they had been called to the Speaker of the House's residence, which kind of surprises me. I would think a police officer working in San Francisco would certainly know where Nancy Pelosi lives. But after uh, what the report called a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi and the uh, report says that he didn't say that there was any kind of an emergency. He didn't rush out of the house and say, I'm being attacked or anything like that, uh, but instead walked several feet back into the entry foyer toward the assailant and the police said that they weren't sure if he had already been injured or what his mental state was at the time. And documents filed with the court say that the officer asked what was going on and that apparently the defendant, allegedly the defendant smiled and said everything's good, but uh, a struggle immediately began and the police saw the intruder strike Mr. Pelosi in the head with a hammer. So I, I don't know. Obviously there is more to this than we know and I'm sure that there will be more information coming out about this attack uh, later on. The 
insinuation is that this intruder was in the house as a guest of Mr. Pelosi's. I've heard comments on right-wing media that the glass on the door that was broken was on the outside of the door, which meant somebody stood on the inside and broke the glass out rather than standing outside and breaking the glass to get in. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the dynamics of that or the physics of that, but it seems to me if you're going to break glass uh, to get an opening where you can put your hand in to unlock the door, um, chances are you might get some glass on the outside. The, the thing that I wonder about, and I'm not saying that there's anything untoward going on because of this, but number one, the Pelosi house is in San Francisco. San Francisco is a big city and there's crime. There's break-ins, burglaries, things like that. And I am surprised, number one, that there wasn't an alarm system turned on, if they have an alarm system, and I am, would almost be willing to bet that there is an alarm system. They had cameras, apparently, that are monitored by the Capitol Police. So I guess there's a, uh, a feed to the Capitol Police and they're supposed to be monitoring her house. And they weren't at the time. But I would think if there's cameras at the, at the residence that there would also be an alarm system. I would like to know why it wasn't on or why it didn't activate when the glass was broken. Also, I have lived in houses, I've had houses, I've owned houses in the past where there has been glass in doors. And I had a security consultant actually tell me to put double keyed deadbolt locks on those doors. That way, if somebody does break in, they can't unlock the door and open the door to get in or out. It, it still, the door still serves as an obstruction to them. And they said that uh, in this particular house, there were windows uh, on the large windows on the opposite side of the room where you could look through and, and see points of entry and it was pretty clear that there was a double deadbolt. So you have to have a key on the inside to unlock the, the door. And they said that that is a deterrent because if they want to carry something out, they can't do it through that door. So when you have French doors like that uh, on the ground level, especially, well, even if it's on the second level, um, it's just a, it's just smart to have double keyed deadbolts. Of course, the concern is if there's a fire and you need to exit through that door, you have to have a key nearby uh, to open the door. And we, we did, we, we had keys 
hidden right by the door that uh, we knew where they were, but it wouldn't be something that someone would be able to find quickly or easily if they didn't know where to look. So I'm kind of surprised that I would hope at this point that her house kind of gets a security evaluation and an update. But I think one of the possibilities is that, you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night and there is an intruder in your house standing over you, looking at you in bed, obviously there's uh, your body or your mind kind of goes into self-preservation, self-protection mode. It's kind of an automatic built-in thing. And I think Pelosi probably figured that he needed to be very careful how he treated this guy. And apparently there was some sort of discussion between the two of them uh, the guy said he wanted, was looking for Nancy Pelosi. Mr. Pelosi said she's not here. The guy said that he was going to wait for her. And then Mr. Pelosi was able to go into the restroom or the bathroom where his phone, cell phone was charging. And he was able to uh, dial 911. And then through his conversation, which was carefully worded, so that the 911 operator could tell that there was a problem. He, I'm guessing that Pelosi probably figured out that this guy had a mental issue and maybe didn't want to do anything to stir him up. So, I don't know. Uh, that's all just speculation on my part, but I'm sure that there will be more information coming out uh, later on. But uh, apparently he is uh, home and is recovering. He had surgery to his skull. He had a fractured skull. And uh, apparently there was some, there were injuries to his uh, arm. And so he's got a, recovery ahead of him, but it's pretty obvious that this guy was planning on an assassination of the Speaker of the House. He had zip ties and uh, hammers and said that uh, he was going to break her kneecaps if he caught her lying, <laughs> according to court documents. So... He was a bad guy, and you know, when you are put in a situation like that where you realize that your life is in danger, you don't always think rationally, and there is kind of this automatic innate self-preservation system that kind of kicks in, and you react in a defensive manner automatically, and it's possible that that occurred as well, and people don't always understand why they did the things that they did. Sometimes it works out for the best, and sometimes it works out for the worst. 
So I'm sure that there will be more to this, but uh, there is an awful lot of conspiracy and speculation out there regarding what actually happened. And uh, I'll just be looking forward to getting more of the story, especially I really want to know about the alarm system or the lack of alarm that night because it seems to me that uh, if the alarm had been turned on, Mr. Pelosi would have had time to get up and get to a area at least where he could hide long enough to grab his phone, you know, and hide and, and call 911 and tell him somebody's breaking into the house and I'm upstairs in the you know, hiding in the such and such room. It's a, it's a pretty big house. So it would have taken the intruder, I think, a little bit of time to find um, Mr. Pelosi if he were hiding, especially if the guy was unfamiliar with the house. So at any rate, I'm sure that there's more to come, but uh, for now... He is on the mend and hopefully will have a full and quick recovery. The January 6th committee subpoenaed Trump for documents and to appear before the select committee. And as of October 26th, his Trump's lawyers had accepted service of the subpoena. That subpoena advised Trump that the committee, the select committee, was seeking documents, a pretty wide array of documents, and that those were to be produced to the committee by 10 o'clock a.m. on Friday, November the 4th. Well... That time and date came and went without any of the documents being presented to the committee. And I guess the committee has now decided that they are going to give former President Trump more time to turn over the documents that it subpoenaed but there has been no explanation as to why the additional time extension has been granted. Additionally, the select committee set a November 14th date for Trump to appear before the committee under oath to testify and nobody knows for certain, of course, what Trump is going to do. It's not a surprise that he missed his deadline. That's pretty typical of Trump. One of his ploys is to delay legal actions against him in court. And he is really good at doing that. Delay, 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 delay. His business does that as well. 
They hope that they are going to be able to delay long enough that the legal expenses for whoever is suing him get to be so huge that they can't afford to continue with the lawsuit and it gets dropped. And that has happened in the past. So it's been a successful ploy for him. And for some reason, Donald Trump thinks that he deserves special treatment. Special treatment because he's Donald Trump. And now special treatment because he is a former president. And we found out just in the last day or so, insiders are saying he, Trump is planning to announce his intention to run for the presidency again. And surprisingly enough, the date that was mentioned for this big announcement was November 14th, same day he's supposed to appear before the select committee. Do you think he's going to make the big announcement first thing in the morning and then appear before the select committee and say, as a candidate for the presidency and as a former president, I can't discuss any of this stuff with you. <laughs> he thinks he's entitled to additional respect because he was the president once. But of course, Congress is a co-equal branch of government. And to me, that says they also are entitled to the same respect in return that Trump expects them to give him. And he's not being respectful to them at all. Respect would mean that you would turn in documents that are subpoenaed on time. It's a two-way street. If you want respect, you have to give it. And you have to earn it. And Congress is going through the correct legal channels. They're taking the correct procedures to do all of these things. And Donald Trump is not because a subpoena from Congress is kind of a big deal. You don't just ignore it. And Trump evaded service of the subpoena for quite a while too. And it's my understanding that lawyers are required to accept service of subpoenas if, uh, or accept service on behalf of their clients. It's just one of those things that they have to do. So it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out, but it would appear to me that this midterm election that is just <laughs> a few days away now, Today's Saturday, November the 5th. Tuesday, November the 8th is election day. And it 
is pretty obvious if Trump is intending to announce his candidacy to run for the president's uh, presidency again. This election needs to be about Trump. And here's why. If the Republicans get the House of Representatives, many think that Kevin McCarthy might be the speaker. He certainly wants to be. There are some who say that uh, due to the support of the crazy Trumpers, the Trump cult in the House of Representatives, there are some that don't want Kevin McCarthy. They want someone else. I'm not sure who they have in mind. But chances are very high that anyone who would be in the role of Speaker of the House under a Republican majority in the House of Representatives would be a Trump supporter, which basically means that Donald Trump is going to be a shadow Speaker of the House. And it's going to be revenge, retaliation, vengeance, nonstop. Because Donald Trump is going to want investigations into everyone who he feels has wronged him in the past or has not gone along with what he wanted them to do, even if it was illegal. I can guarantee you that impeachment of President Biden will be one of the top priorities. There will definitely be an investigation into Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son. There will be an investigation into the January 6th Select Committee because the insurrection and the failed coup to overthrow a democratically elected government in this country failed, but that was just another normal tourist day at the Capitol. And it's just a waste of time to look into that. Forget the fact that millions of dollars of damage were caused to the building and that police officers were injured and died The head of the FBI will probably be investigated or the House will demand that he is fired. Of course, this is a person that Donald Trump put into office. But he thinks the FBI is corrupt now because they didn't do his dirty deeds for him the way he wanted them to. The next two years, if Republicans gain control of the House of Representatives, will be a circus. It will be 
one investigation after another, it will be more lies to the public about what's going on. We're going to have nutbags like Jim Jordan chairing committees. And the things that need to be done in this country aren't going to get done. The Republicans aren't going to be able to fix the inflation problem because it's not a problem that they alone can fix. It's not a problem that Joe Biden alone can fix. We have a worldwide global economy. We are dependent upon other countries for goods and services just the same as they are dependent upon us. And if one country is having a problem with inflation, it tends to have an impact on other countries that do business with them as well. So anybody that's in Congress that is pointing the finger at Joe Biden and the Democrats saying it's their policies that are causing inflation is either a complete total idiot that should not be in Congress or they are lying or woefully misinformed. And as someone who's in Congress, I would expect them to get informed before they open their mouth and start telling people why things are the way they are. They certainly have the resources to find out for themselves exactly what the real truth is. The price of gas isn't going to drop miraculously just because the Republicans took office. Unless, of course, the oil company executives decide to uh, stop gouging the public now that the Republicans have some control of government again. So that way the Republicans can say, well, see, we've already lowered the price of gas. Ignoring the fact why it was high to begin with. And ignoring the fact that the Republicans could have done something legislatively a year ago to lower the price of gas, but they didn't. And that's the thing I think that gripes me more than anything when I see Republicans on television or I read an article on the internet or in a newspaper that the Republicans are pointing their finger at the Democrats for something. My question is, where's your bill? Where's the GOP bill to fix this? You guys are complaining. You're in a position to do something about it. Why aren't you doing something about it? You know, make the connection here, folks. <laughs> They're not doing anything to, to, to fix it either. So why are they pointing their fingers at the Democrats? And the fact of the matter is the Democrats have actually submitted bills to fix this stuff. And they voted it against it. The Republicans voted against it. So really, how serious are they with their concerns? How genuine is their concern about what it's costing the American people to survive? I don't think they care. I really don't. So this midterm election is about Trump again, folks. I think it is very obvious that Donald Trump is delaying his announcement until after the election 
because number one, he wants to see how it's going to turn out. And number two, I think he's hoping that as a candidate for the presidency, he is going to be entitled to special treatment from the uh, the Department of Justice. And, you know, hey, maybe uh, some of these lawsuits against him, New York State, uh, the investigations in Georgia, all of that's just going to have to go away now because he's a former president and he's running to be president again. So nothing can happen. And I think his hope is once he gets elected because he wants to uh, put enough Republicans in positions around the country where they can indeed steal the election. That's an old Nazi trick. Blame the other side for doing what you're doing. Well, we've already heard the Republicans say that, you know, the elections are rigged. So now they are actually going to rig the elections so that they win. And when that happens, folks, it is game over for this country and democracy. It's game over. Your vote, if you're even able to vote again, will mean nothing. And we will end up with a, an authoritarian dictator, fascist government. And at that point, it's going to be really hard to get democracy back. Democracy is not something that just happens automatically. You have to fight for it. And right now, Americans need to fight for democracy. If you want to have freedoms and liberties in the future, you have got to make sure that the Republicans do not get control of anything. They shouldn't even be a dog catcher right now because goodness knows some of the Republicans running for office don't have any respect for animals, Dr. Oz. We know that they don't have any respect for women since they are now taking over health choices for women. Folks, it's very important that you vote and you need to vote for Democrats and give them enough people in Congress to make changes that are going to protect democracy. and protect women's right to choose. I understand the whole abortion thing and that a lot of people find that offensive. But nobody is forcing anybody to have an abortion. And unfortunately, there are some health issues involving women where an abortion is actually the recommended treatment, that's the correct word, for the problem. Sometimes there's a miscarriage and it's not a complete miscarriage, so you've got a problem and it needs to be addressed quickly or the woman can die.
So to take that medical procedure away as an option is, is unacceptable. The members of Congress are not doctors and they're not really in a position to be making decisions like that for people, nor should they in a country where we're supposed to have freedoms. There is uh, speculation that there may be some indictments forthcoming after the election. And I will just say this, I think the, the policy of not announcing investigations or filing charges for 60 days prior to an election is unfair to voters and it's unfair to the American people. Because if I'm going to go vote for someone, I'm going to be really unhappy if a couple of days after the election, the Department of Justice announces charges against that person for crimes. Because I'm certain that that would have been a consideration of mine going in to vote. And I understand that people are innocent until proven guilty, but sometimes when the evidence is presented, as American citizens, we're kind of like <laughs> jurors. We can look at the evidence and see what it is and decide, well, this looks pretty bad. I'm not really sure I want to vote for somebody that is going to be tied up in court with all of this for the next year or if true sometimes the evidence shows that they did something that you just don't like even if it wasn't illegal you might not like it and you might think this is not the type of person i want representing me and it could affect your vote so i think that the consideration that the Department of Justice is giving to politicians is also a disrespect to the American people because they're hiding stuff basically from voters. And I think we need more transparency. And if politicians don't want to have to worry about this situation, then they need to just behave themselves, right? I mean, yeah, if you don't break any laws and if you follow the rules, uh, the Department of Justice isn't going to be investigating you, right? Maybe it will make our politicians think twice before they do something they shouldn't do. But I think that that policy at the D Department of Justice is a bad one, and I think it is bad for the voters. I think that they spend way too much time trying to coddle to politicians. And in this case, with Donald Trump, he isn't on the ballot. He's not running for anything. Yes, there's an election. But I mean, are we really going to allow people who are under investigation for committing multiple serious crimes 
Are we going to allow them to evade being held responsible from having their day in court, from having justice served, by allowing them to announce that they're going to run for office for something? I don't know. It's getting out of control. But uh, when you go to vote on Tuesday or if you're going to early voting or you're filling out your ballots this weekend, you need to consider, do you want Donald Trump back in the White House again in two years? Do you want to have Trump cultists in positions of power in states across the nation and in the houses of Congress? People who are telling you up front, we are going to not honor your vote down the road. This is very, these are dangerous people. They believe something that didn't happen, and they are basing their beliefs on the word of one man, Donald Trump, who does not accept failure very well at all. And according to his niece, Mary Trump, being called a loser or being labeled a loser is like the worst insult that you can give Donald Trump. And he can't accept that he lost the election, which he did lose it. And all of these people that uh, believe the big lie, the 2020 election was stolen, have no evidence to prove that. And in this country, when you are going to accuse someone of doing something, you have to provide evidence. And they do not have any evidence. They have never provided evidence. So these people are irresponsible and they are not qualified to hold office. And they're all going to have to take an oath saying that they are going to protect the Constitution and all of that. And they're not going to be doing that if they decide to ignore the votes of the people. They're not going to be protecting the Constitution if they're evading justice by running for office so that they can tie everything up for years and years and years with investigations and delay tactics. Vote as if your life depended on it, America, because it does, definitely does. Vote blue. And we will hold the Democrats' feet to the fire and make them fix these things so that they work the way they're supposed to. It is time that the minority stops ruling the majority. That is not the way it is supposed to work. Majority rules, one person, one vote, and no one is above the law. Before I go, I want to point out one more thing. 
I keep reading and I keep hearing people say that it doesn't seem like the Democrats have accomplished much since Biden took office. And they're going to vote for Republicans because the Republican Party gets things done. And that is not true. I'm not going to go over all of the accomplishments of the Biden administration and the things that the Democrats have been able to get past with very little, if zero, help from the Republican Party over the last almost two years. But a second online will show you that there are, there are places online that have lists of all of the things that have been accomplished, and it's quite a bit considering that there is a very slim margin for the Democrats in the House and almost no margin really in the Senate when you consider that we've got a couple of Democrats in name only who are really, 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 really conservative. So... Look online if you want to see a list of accomplishments and notice how many of those things are geared toward helping the American people at large. And if you have a little time to kill, look at some of the bills that the Democrats have tried to pass that they couldn't. And just consider how much better things would be in the country today if some of those things had passed. And when it comes to the Republican Party getting things done... I want to point out that the one thing the Republican Party does really well is complain. They complain about everything. And when they complain, they never offer solutions. All they do is complain. Immigration is a problem, but they offer no solutions to fix it, no suggestions. And I want to remind people that back in January of 2017, you might remember that month, specifically, how about January 20th of 2017? That was the day that Donald Trump was sworn in as the 45th president of the United States of America, and the Republican Party retained their majorities in both the House and the Senate. This was the, I believe, first time that the Republicans had this overall federal government trifecta uh, since 2005. I think the last time that they'd done that was the 109th Congress, and this was the 115th. Congress. 2017, 2018, the Republicans had both houses of Congress and the White House. And what did they accomplish? Well, let's see. They tried to repeal the Affordable Care Act. I couldn't even begin to tell you how many times, but it was over and over and over again, and they couldn't do it. Donald Trump, during the campaign, promised that he was going to have something much better. 
And here we are a few years later, and I still haven't heard that plan. But political scientists who have a career of looking at the various congresses and legislation that, that uh, uh, has passed in history and in and, and, and the current period described the legislative accomplishments of this Congress, which was completely controlled by the Republicans, as modest. And their comment basically was that the House and Senate GOP majorities struggled to legislate. The GOP congresspeople and the president often didn't get along. They didn't seem to be on the same plateau. There were clashes uh, within the party and, of course, between the Republicans and the Democrats, especially on things like health care. And they just had a very difficult time getting things through. But the bottom line is, 2017-2018 was not that long ago, and the Republicans had control of everything. Why didn't they fix immigration? They wanted to build the wall. Experts said the wall was not a solution to the immigration problem. Putting up a wall and trying to keep people out doesn't fix the problem because people will find a way around the wall. Fix the immigration problem. Fix it. Deal with it. If they didn't like the Affordable Care Act, they had the opportunity to write their own plan and get it passed through. Why didn't they do it? And when it comes to something that's necessary, that should be a right, like health care, if you're going to get rid of something that is helping millions and millions of people, probably best to get something in place that is ready to go so that you can just transition from the one you don't like into your new one that's much better, much more affordable, provides much better health care to people. But they wanted to get rid of what we had with nothing to replace it. So I want you to keep that in mind as you go to vote. The Republicans are complaining and complaining and complaining and complaining right now and they're not doing anything to help. They are voting against everything that the Democrats put forth that could help because they want to complain. And then when you give them the chance, like America gave them the chance, in 2017 and 2018, they had everything, and they still didn't do anything. And historically, when we have recessions, it is because of, of Republican policies. We had a recession during the Ford, Nixon and Ford era, which Carter inherited, and it went into inflation because that happens after periods of economic downturn. Often, when you come out of it, inflation goes through the roof. 
Reagan had very high inflation during much of his time in the White House. We had a small recession during H.W. Bush's term in office. Uh, We had a big uh, recession, the Great Recession, during George W. Bush's term in office. And who fixes this mess that the Republicans make? Time after time after time again, Democrats have to go in, and instead of being able to start with a relatively good economy, with relatively good employment numbers, we have to dig the country out of a ditch again. And that takes a lot of time. And very often, the Republicans don't want to help us do it. They created the mess. They don't even say, gosh, you know, we're sorry, America. This is a mess. We're going to work with the Democrats and get things back on track again. No, they don't do anything. President Obama inherited a huge mess with the Great Recession. We were losing 800,000 jobs a month. People were losing their homes. Wiping out their savings and their 401ks to try to survive. And what did the Republicans do? On the night of the inauguration, President Obama's inauguration, they met in private in a Georgetown restaurant and decided that their focus was going to be on making sure that Barack Obama was a one-term president. Nothing about the American people. Screw the American people. We don't care that they don't have jobs. We're not going to work with the Democrats and the new president to try to fix this stuff. We're going to fight them. Party before country. Millionaires and billionaires before everybody else. Why in the heck are you voting for these people? America, come on. You have the attention span of a gnat. Do you not remember this? I mean, I lived through it. I certainly remember it. I was trying to run a family business by myself at the time because I was abandoned by, well, that's a long story. But anyway, wasn't a good time to be in the business world for a small business. And big business was having a difficult time too. Why in the world are we rewarding the bad behavior of the Republican Party time after time after time? They complain and complain and complain. And yes, people are struggling and they're sitting there and they're thinking, yeah, that makes sense. Gas is expensive. I'm having a hard time paying for gas. My utility bills are through the roof. I'm having a hard time doing all of this stuff. But go a step further, America. Who's offering solutions? Do you hear anything from the Republicans? I'm sorry, but cutting Social Security and Medicare isn't going to help bring down inflation. It's not. Cutting taxes for the wealthy and for corporations isn't going to help bring down inflation. Anyway, food for thought for the weekend while you vote or as you're preparing to vote. 
get online and spend some time looking back and checking some of this stuff. The Republicans had an opportunity to do so much in 2017 and 2018. They had both houses of Congress and the White House. What did they do for you? Vote accordingly. Vote for your own best interest. And don't let these divisive issues that the Republicans keep throwing out to distract you, don't let them distract you. Focus on the issues. Focus on what is going to make your life better. And you're going to see that the Republicans are not offering you any solutions. They just want to blame the Democrats for everything and tell you to vote for them, put them back in power so they can do what? The same thing that they did in 2017 and 2018 when they had a trifecta in, a, in American government. And the recap of that period is that their legislative accomplishments were modest. And the House and Senate struggled to legislate. It's a matter of record. It's history, folks. Look it up. You give them the opportunity to do something and they do nothing with it. They waste time. How much more time can you afford to have these folks who are supposed to be working in your best interest? They are public servants. They're supposed to be working for you. Are they working for you? Are they? Think about that when you go to the poll. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at FederalAndy, and I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.